What's up, everybody? This is Kurt Dimer, and you're watching After Shocks TV. Peace and love. All right, so Tom, man, what's going on in the world of metal, my friends? What's going on? Fill us in. Yeah, so uh, I think um, for me, I've got a nice few concerts coming up in two weeks from now. I'm going to see Tool, so uh, I can mm -hmm. give you my review on that. It's playing the Spectrum Center here in Charlotte, so 20,000 people or so. So looking forward to that. And then coming up, I think I said this in a previous episode, I got um, Adrian Vandenberg and mm -hmm. uh, also coming up uh, in – and. Jeff Tate actually coming up in February. But I think there's a few things going on here about, um, you know, one of the things that you sent me on today, Matt, to just, I know we're jumping around a little bit, but that's, I love, I love when we do this. It's talking about yeah. the anniversary of uh, the debut of the Jason Newsted album. And when you sent that mm. on, I went, Dang, I forgot about that. I bought it when it came out, I remember, but I totally forgot about the album. And I listened mm -hmm. to it today and I said, fuck. That's a good record right there. Great songs, really good production. And uh, I was just kind of blown away by a revisit of that album, which came out you know, just over 10 years ago. So it's a great call-out to talk about that. Well, I, I just, you know, what made me think about it was, I think I, I just, I figured where I read it or something, I saw it. Mm. And I'm, I just can't believe that was 11 years ago. I felt like it was yesterday, <laughs> like five years ago or something. 22 you know? or, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree with you. I was actually very disappointed in that record. You know, I mean, maybe I, I need to go. Maybe I need to go back and nope, listen to it again. No, not for me. Nope. Yeah, because I, I'll tell you why. It's just when I take a Newstead. See, I was very excited, right? When when he said he's putting out a metal album, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I'm I'm pretty. This should be good. You know, I want to see what he can bring to the table. Because let's be honest, I mean, for years, right? Newstead was kind of the guy. He was just that other guy sure. in Metallica, right? I mean, he just never really got. I think a lot of the. I don't want to say credit, but the guy, is a, he was an outstanding bassist. And he also, Doomsday for the Deceiver, that was a, a yeah, amazing thrash. Yeah. And he was the, you know, the right, he wrote all that. Right, he did. You know, so I was excited to see, like, all right, I want to, I want to see what he's, because he was saying, I remember, it's an, it's old school metal. That's what he said. It's old school metal. I'm like, okay, cool. This is going to sound, I'm sorry. When I heard it, I was like, this is not old school metal. This is like yeah. 90s yeah. new metal. And it's like, and I want to look back, it's like, okay, well, he had Mike Mushock, the guitarist from Stained that's playing right. with him. Well, which makes sense. Then. Okay, that's why it sounded that way. But it was an old school metal. And I, I think I was just disappointed because I was expecting, I'm not saying I was expecting some pure thrash or crazy, but I was expecting some, a little bit of thrash, a little bit of speed. or mm -hmm. And it was more groove, it was more 90s bouncy. Lyrically, he, he was just singing about himself. He was just singing about I'm king of the underdogs or yeah, yeah. whatever it is, all that stuff. And I think it was just a, an album lyrically that he came out with that he wanted to, obviously, being away from so long from Metallica, he wanted to get his name back in there and say like, "Yo, I'm, I'm, I'm still the man too," mm. you know. And I, I don't know. I just, it's just lyrically, musically, I was, I was very disappointed with the record. I, I do, I should though go back and check it out because that happens a lot of times too when I first hear something, right? Give it a yeah. few spins, I don't like it, and then I go back ten years later or so, like it is now. And I'm like, oh wait, you know, maybe maybe I was just be a little, maybe my expectations were too high and expecting it to be something that wasn't. Sure, that happens. So so I probably have to go back and listen to it. But I just remember the time, you know, thinking like, you know, I was a little disappointed at it. But I just can't believe it was 11 years ago because I remember the first time hearing I agree. that record. I agree. And it was like, damn, that was like yesterday. So it's just uh, time is flying here, and that's why we got to keep 
that's, that's we, a touch we had to do on this it. kind of stuff, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah. that's a touch on it mentioned. And I like the fact that, like, Matt and I, like, we have this differing of opinions. This is what shows are supposed to be, right? Absolutely. You have a difference of opinion. But, you know, it's been relatively prolific over the years with, obviously, his solo stuff. He had the EP, he had the album, he had Echo Brain. Um, you know, and it's, he's, you know, he's not, he's not starving for dinner. So he's, I looked at his net worth and whether it's right or wrong, it's like $60 million. And he wrote yeah. a couple of key songs with Metallica. I know he definitely co-wrote Blackened or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, I wrote it down. I can't remember some of the other ones, but whatever. So the royalties are still coming in nice, nicely oh, yeah. for Mr. Newstead. But, um, you know, and I think there was, um, he kind of took, he stepped out and then came back in again. I know there was something else going yeah. on. Yeah. See, and that's the that thing situation. sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I just mm. think when, when guys do that, listen, I, I get it. You want to spread your wings. Like you said, he was, he was with Metallica for years. He was, sure. I mean, he had no worries about his financial situation. So he could do what he wanted to do. And, you know, when he did Echo Brain, that was another one. I mean, I, I interned a little bit at the at the label that was he was on, what that band was on, which is Surf Dog Records down in uh, San Diego. Yeah. And I was just, you know, again, I was like, I, I gave that uh, another shot recently. I was like, you know, let me check it out. It's okay. That's all right. Another it was just such a, yeah, it wasn't a huge fan. It was obviously a huge departure from Metallica. No big deal. Mm -hmm. But I, then he kept going, you know, sort of acoustic thing or some sort of like bluegrass thing, I that's think. That's right. He did. Yeah. He did. He's doing all these different things, which, like I said, if hey, if you got, if that's what you want to do, that's great. But I just think sometimes these guys get so far removed from what people, what they, you know, gave Made made them their you know got their bread and butter for them it, it made them their fortune, and then they kind of you know try to come back and it's never the same, and then they're they're not really into it. I I think with that album I just think it was sort of I don't want to say forced, but yeah. I don't think he was really into metal anymore. But he wanted to come back and, and do it, but it still wasn't him because let's 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 be honest, he hasn't done it again since. He's no, gone. he hasn't. He hasn't. I think that's an interesting, um, again, topics for kind of future discussion is about taking these, these you know, big rock stars and big bands and then they go solo and then nobody cares. Like mm -hmm. nobody gives a shit. I mean, look at you take, um, you know, Duff McKagan in, in, um, in Guns, right? They're mm -hmm. obviously, I'm not a Guns fan. I got, I've seen them a couple of times. I'm not a huge Guns fan either. Yeah. I'm just mm -hmm. not a fan. They've got one good album and a couple That's of it. good songs, right? That's Pretty it. much. Right? But, hey, hats I'm off to them. They're paying 50,000 people a night. Uh, However, you know, if you take the Duff McKagan albums, does anybody really give a shit about those? I mean, good for him. He doesn't need the money. He just needs mm -hmm. to, you know, re reach out and do what he needs to do. I don't think I've listened to, well, I'm not a huge Guns fan, so it might be not a good example, but I don't think I've listened to two songs of his solo stuff because I just don't care. Mm -hmm. um, but it's, I think it's an interesting future topic. Take a band, take a big star, look at their discography and say, well, where did it go? Even takes Bruce Dickinson yeah. from Maiden. Take mm -hmm. Steve Harris. Um, mm -hmm. um, his band, I think, is an abomination. And I'm a huge mm -hmm. Maiden fan. It's just like, fuck, yeah. I think, Matt, we have a topic for future. We just talk about <laughs> these, uh, these break-off bands that, uh, that go nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I understand, you know, wanting to spread your wings. It's just that... Like I, just the Newstead thing. I'm not you know, just to go back to him since we're just you know we don't want to go too far sure. you know to talk about too many bands or, or musicians. But like I said, this guy was known not, not even Metallica. I'm, like I said, I want to go back to the Flotsam stuff. You know that was a great that's well, that's a classic thrash metal right. record. Now I get it. listen. We see so many thrash metal musicians. You know, veer away from that. I get it. You know, that was when you're part of your youth. Maybe it was, you were angry, you were a little, you know, whatever it may be, and you're just not feeling it anymore. I totally get that. But no one's going to sit there and and to, to think, think about how rare it is 
where musicians go from one style to the next and, and are successful. This, this has been occasions that's happened, right. but it doesn't happen often. And so a guy like Jason Newstead, like you're known for metal, you're known for, for heavy stuff, thrash metal. If, like I said, if he would have continued, I think, with his Newstead project, I, I think eventually it could have been something good because he would have stuck with it. But to come back to have one, I think his expectations were a mm. bit off the charts because he came back. I think he thought like, everyone was just going to line up to see him and that was it. It was going to be great again. And it wasn't because, yeah. like I said, for one, I just think, like I said, my opinion was I didn't think the music was that great, but it wasn't even just that. It was he gave up like that. Right, he did. I think he did that tour, and then once he got bounced off that tour with Megadeth, remember they had to kind of remove him. It was something with the promoter. It was in Australia, and he got removed. And then after that, he just disappeared. He was like, "Forget it, I'm done." Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, then why did you come back to begin with? Did you really want to do metal again? I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Or did you want attention? And I I just think a lot of that was just him wanting, just some attention to get because no one in any other than music genres he's playing, they don't care you're from Metallica because that's not your style that you're known for. And I think, again, I think that's ego. It's definitely part ego to, to think that. And like you said, he should have came back and stuck with it. He should have just put out one album, called it. Uh, it was a stupid name, too. I mean, just the whole thing was like, listen to metal. That was his slogan. Listen to that's metal. That's right, yeah. That's it right. was just cheesy. It was corny, man. And I just, it, it was just half-assed to me. He, he didn't do it, I think, for the right reasons. He did it for attention. He did it because he was a metallic. I think he did it. Everyone was just going to love it and get all over it, you know, promote it. And just, it was going to be the biggest thing. And it did nothing. And then he just picked up his ball and went home. And I, I, I just, well, you know. Well, I think it's safe yeah. to say, Matt, that Jason won't be on the show. So I just, just, just want to put well, that Well, no, out. it's okay. Like I said, I just, I, I, I <laughs> love Jason Newstead. Yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. Matt. Talk to me, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I'm a fan of him. I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I, I just, yeah, I, 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 agree, I just, man. I just don't really. I think he should have done that much better. Listen, he's still got time to do it. He should come back, Jason. That's what you should do. Yeah, you should, you should get the band together. Maybe get a better, like different guitarist. I'm, like I said, Mike Mushak's a good guitarist. He's been in a couple of big bands, saying yes, uh, Sonia right. and 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 of course that's Stained. Right. Yep. So I'm not knocking him at all. I just think when I think of Jason Newstead, I just don't think a new metal. I just don't, you know, so and don't call it like it's old school metal. That was not old school metal. So yeah, anyway. I yeah, I got you, know. you on that one. I agree. I yeah. do like the album. So we differ on that. And that's perfect. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Tom, new, I know uh, you wanted to bring up. Well, you just kind of mentioned something about uh, Mike Portnoy. He's obviously now back in Dream Theater. Yeah, uh, big news. Like, Not that we're surprised about it, but yeah, go ahead and talk no, about that. I mean, yeah, I mean, look, he's, um, you know, obviously, you know, his ba- Dream Theater, his baby, formed back in 1985, and we get all the big hits and, you know, all the, um, uh, you know, his drumming prowess and all of that. That's well documented, and his love of Neil Peart and all that kind of stuff. But I think oh, we knew it was going to come back. Obviously, Mike Mangini was there for a number of years, twelve years, whatever it was, and Mike came back, but. I guess just to touch on this for a minute, because it's been it's been discussed, but I'm trying to see what value he's going to add to the Dream Theater ba- brand. Because mm. I don't think they're going to sell one more ticket. I don't think they're going to sell one more album because he's back. People with the nostalgia of getting the original member back, if they're playing 1,000-seater halls, they haven't moved up to 2,000-seater halls because the drummer's back in town. I don't think that's going to happen. I agree. I, I, I don't think it's an unnecessary move. Everybody likes, like, oh, the gang are back together and so on and so forth. But I think um, uh, I, I think it's something that it's, it's hey, that's great, and just flick, move on. It means mm. zero to me because Mike Mangini is arguably as good as a drummer. I don't know if the better. I'm not that technically in the weeds on drumming, but they're as good as mm. each other, clearly. Um, but it's his baby. It's good to see him back together. They're all happy. And, 
you know, let's um, him and Petrucci get together and release some good music. I've seen him just once, I believe. I've seen Mike Pornay a couple of times with uh, Winery Dogs, and I mm. saw him at Sons of Apollo, which I'm mm. guessing those two bands are put on at least, you know, for 24 into 25, I guess. They're they're totally on the back burner because Dream to either know that the, the rock and metal fans are looking at them and come back with something special. So I think they're going to jump into the studio for the next year, um, come back with a fuck-off album and do a tour probably in 25, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah, well, Sense of Apollo, they have come out. They're done. I mean, they've at least for okay, now. They, they, okay, yeah. I yeah, like that. Oh, I do too. I think they're, they're yeah. excellent. I mean, they're an excellent yeah. band. Uh, yeah, Jeff Scott Soto, I believe, came out some time ago and said that, yeah, there's sure. nothing happening. I think he was pissed, wasn't he? He said he didn't really know. He's always pissed. I, I like it. Jeff. He's a really nice guy. We were on, but he seems like he's always pissed. At yeah. I mean, because, yeah. you know, his situation, I get it. Like, that was a great band, and that's something that he could have, you know, that could have been one of his main, between his solo, uh, TSO, and that, he mm. could have been set. And I get it. Now it's sure. like they built up, they put out two great records, and now, boom, they're, they're leaving. Yes, I, I understand. You know, I mean, that was a good band that I, I wish would have great brand. I, I mean, I saw yeah. them in New Jersey a couple of years ago, and to have that's that uh, Bumblefoot, I had never um, obviously we know the Guns N' Roses aspect. I, mm. I never realized how good of a guitar player he was. I know he really he has a, like a bazillion solo albums, but yeah, um, he was just next level, incredibly dexterous and his solos were tremendous i ended up i ended up meeting him at the bar actually i've got a photograph because of a small little venue hold about held about uh actually it was a stone pony in new jersey so a lot of oh wow yeah i know stone yeah pony. yeah stone sure. pony that's sure. right stone pony yeah mm-hmm. and i just got in for um i actually that's think i missed Park, the yeah. yeah that's right i think i missed the uh the couple of first couple of songs and and i saw him play with sons of anarchy with scott Stapp. actually i ended up seeing him Oh, you um, did? Oh, okay. I did, yeah, I did, yeah. I cut, cool. And they were also in the Stone Pony. So I ended up kind of circling back on... Um, but, you know, with Mike Port and I, we know he's he's doing his thing and, you know, Flying Colors, Adrenaline Mob, as, you know, they're past bands. They're all well in the back burner right now. But listen, best mm-hmm. of luck to Dream Theater. I'm a huge fan and I have been forever. Um, literally, it's 20 years, if not longer. So I'm happy to see him back, but at the same time, I couldn't care less. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I'm not... I, I've, I saw Dream Theater once. I saw them... At the Gigantor, the Megadeth tour that was around about 15 years ago. Or so, and I, I get to be honest with you, I, I liked you know some of the early stuff, but I was never the you just you just yep. fan. But when I saw them live, they were f- unbelievable. Oh yeah, the musicianship we know about that. You know, yeah, I mean they made me a fan after that show. You know, I mean, and I and I did start listening to some more some more of this stuff after that show. To me, it's just with them. Obviously, it's, a lot of it's just the songs are too long. You know, mm. um, and, and I I like proggy stuff, but I like shorter songs. Sure, but I I do like them. I I don't dislike them at all. Not at all. I mean, they're one of those bands that's sort of polarizing, right? Either you love them, or you hate them. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm I'm in between. I don't I don't hate them at all. I, I do like them. I just you know, it's hard to, for me to sit down and put on a Dream Theater record. But I love a lot of the classic uh, songs they have. Yep. But yeah, my my take with Portnoy is. I mean, I just, you, you pretty much knew this was going to eventually happen, especially when you started seeing sure. some things in the press. Yeah, there were you buddies kn- again and going for a beer. Exactly. And you saw what was coming. You so, knew I, mean, I think Mike happened. Mangini just stepped stepped away. He released his solo album recently, but he stepped away gracefully. And he, um, you know, his name is out there just because of Dream Theater. So he is, um, yeah. obviously, he's probably pissed. Let's be honest, he's lost a big gig. But, you know, Sylvie. It is what but, it is. Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, I'm sure, though, he always knew there was a chance this was going to happen. You know, I think yeah. it was just, you know, Mike, well, if you look, if you think about it, you know, this is a guy, he's kind of like a guy who 
who uh you know left his wife and then you know mm. che- cheated on her for a bunch of times for years and then was able to come back and come back to the family that's what yeah. Mike Port is if you think about it i mean he's he got to leave did all the stuff he wanted to do right and then oh can I please come back let's kiss and make up and then they did and now he's back i mean yeah. you know but, but but at the same time i mean this guy dude let me tell you something too about my poor boy you know chris is you know he's got that thing with johnny gioelli called the uh, starving artist right. he started up that yep. company right yep. he talked about and so i've been helping him out with some stuff chris and he was telling me that we, we you know with mike portnoy's catalog it's insane the amount of stuff he's been on involved with, like stuff we don't even know about. It's like I looked at it on Wikipedia today, and I knew insane, probably fifty percent right? of it. I, I was, exactly. I was looking at all the other bands, going, "Who the fuck are they?" Um, no insane. idea. He's been on twenty-five, thirty albums. I have no idea. The list is endless on Wiki. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my question though now is this: because that's who he is. He's a guy that likes to go from here to here to there to there to there. I mean, can he? Is he able to stay and not venture out, you know, to anything else besides Dream Theater? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm interested to know what, what's in that contract, what's oh, yeah. in the agreements. I mean, what can he do outside, and what can he do? Because there's no way this guy's just going to do Dream Theater and that's it. You know, that's not no, going to happen. No. Well, they didn't take him back so he can do 15 other bands and then he can exactly. grab a tour here. And so, I think he took him back and whatever the contract says, says, okay, Dream Theater is number one and everything else is number two. And what that, the wording of that, I have no idea. But mm. he can, he, he, if they're going to make this big announcement, they've got to give it everything and he has to give it everything. So he cannot be Flying Colors and Sons of Apollo and I've got so many bands. He even played with like Twisted Sister, Avenged Sevenfold. Yeah. We could go on all day. We could go on all day. All day. <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm sure he had a great time doing Like I said, he's a guy who left his wife fucked a bunch of other women and now he's yep. back with his wife you know, that's pretty much what it is so in the Good end him, Mike Porter, he he won he won he won this he, he's a winner obviously <laughs> yeah good oh, for him. It's, it's, it's a good rock story you know we just wanted to touch on i know it's been probably yes. last month or whatever but you know we're catching up on a couple of shows but it's a good story i'm just glad we touched on it but mm. quite frankly i couldn't care less i'm i'm going to go to a show whether he's in the band or not i'm going to buy the record whether he's in the band or not so that's how i look at it 